This is K-Pop Unmuted, a place for in-depth discussion of K-Pop. We're your hosts, Stephen Knight and Scott Interante. And today we're discussing 2016 in K-Pop with our guest, Gabrielle Wilder. Hi. Hi, Gabrielle. Hey, how are you going? Gabrielle is a music writer for the Sydney Morning Herald, and she also has a very good but also somewhat out-of-date K-Pop blog called K-Sara. Uh, Gabrielle, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. I'm delighted to be here. It's great to have you. Yeah, so, you know, it's been kind of a, uh, a crazy year in K-pop, and I thought maybe we can start by just kind of giving our general thoughts and feelings to the year. I mean, I don't know what stood out to you guys as uh, uh, the big happenings of 2016 in K-pop. Well, there's no getting around. It was kind of girl group Armageddon this year. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> it is sad. It is sad, but true. You know, we had official disbandments from a bunch of really iconic groups, 21, 4-Minute, Kara, uh, Rainbow. There's a number of groups that seem to be in a lot of trouble, not officially disbanded, but it's not really clear what's going to happen with Miss A, uh, Secret, After School seems to be on the way out, and maybe Orange Caramel with them. Mm. So... We're losing a lot of really good girl groups. It's strange that you can't really say the same thing for the uh, boy groups for some reason. Yeah, that's interesting. The only boy group of any note that disbanded was Speed, um, who were not, you know, a, a huge group. But they did come out with one of the most amazing choreographies during the year, the, the Healy choreography. Where they performed on, you know, the sneakers that have heels in them. It was such incredible choreography. I, I just watched it over and over again. And part of it was because I just thought, oh, my God, you know, at any moment one of these kids is going to do a backflip onto their heels and break their neck, you know. But um, <laughs> they just worked so hard and, 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 you know, and now it's all over for them, <laughs> which, you know, you could say that of all of the groups, really, that, that disbanded. It's always just so sad to see. It's a brutal industry. It's brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, you shared the, uh, the Wikipedia page that tries to keep track of debuts and disbandments and, and every year you look at that and it's it's just unbelievable how many of both there are every year yeah that's right and of course there's some disbandments that there never is an official disbandment you just never hear from some of the groups again yeah they just fade away i mean even though rainbow's last release probably wasn't its best i was pretty sorry to see them go the black swan album from yeah. last year was you know, practically flawless. It was one of my one of my favorites. So it's pretty sad. Well, yeah, you know, you mentioned that uh, there are new groups coming to take their place. And I think that in addition to a lot of girl groups disbanding this year, there were also a ton of rookie girl groups that debuted. Um, and I wonder if you guys want to talk a little bit about some of those that stood out to you. One interesting, of course, there's there's groups that didn't exactly debut this year that are this, maybe you call them the third generation of girl groups that are really sort of taking over. Twice is an obvious example, and, and Red Velvet, of course, is huge. Blackpink did debut this year, and they're doing extremely well. And I think that IOI has had an effect of encouraging the creation of new girl groups because you have all of these members that have all this attention and popularity and the various agencies that they belong to, I'm sure, see this as an opportunity to capitalize on that popularity and use it to, you know, introduce their next generation of girl groups. So there's a bunch of girl groups that are, I don't know, descending from IOI. And, you know, in addition to just all the new girl groups that are unrelated to IOI yeah. that debuted this year. Do you guys have some favorites among the, the new generation? Yeah, I mean, 
like you said, Twice isn't uh, new to 2016. They kind of debuted at the end of 2015, but this definitely felt like their year where they really came into prominence. And and I, I kind of think that I would pick them over most of the other groups. I never really got into IOI. The other one that you know, we've been talking about in the past few episodes is Luna, uh, which hasn't really debuted mm. yet, but they're sort of in the middle of this one girl a month project for the next 12 months. And uh, I think that's really interesting and exciting to follow along with. Yeah, I'm excited about them. Yeah, Luna, yeah, they're doing some really good stuff. And I think uh, Cosmic Girls finally had a good oh, song yeah, with Secret yeah. and the choreography was terrific. And they really also came, got some really good concepts for the stages as well. The MV was outstanding. So yeah, I was disappointed with their debut, but the follow-up was really, really good. IOI, I think as you both know from my <laughs> reposting it on Twitter a million times, very, very, very was, I just think, what a great song. It's it's one of those songs that moved me every time I listen to it. Couldn't never pass it in the playlist without listening to it. Put it on every morning as I went to work to just really perk me up. Like I think you discussed the annoyance factor of it for some people, but for me it just made me feel alive. <laughs> but when you look at that list of new groups, actually, you know, far more boy groups debuted. So while you've got more girl groups bowing out, you've got less coming to take their place. But as you notice, Stephen IOI is made up of, you know, the whole project, the uh, dystopian hatchery uh, for, of the, the TV series was made up of many, many girls from many, many agencies. So there is potential for them to come along. But certainly there were many more boy groups debuting on the live shows than girl groups. There's a huge long list of them. So um, I guess we'll just have to see, you know, what pans out and who survives and who doesn't. That is interesting. I it doesn't feel that way to me and maybe that's just because i generally don't follow boy bands as much but it feels like i've been bombarded with new girl groups and i i don't feel that same way about uh the boy groups that's kind of interesting i i didn't realize the numbers panned out like that and i can name right here boy groups that debuted mass pentagon victon in fact uh, astro that's just five there's a whole lot yeah. more that i SF9, Viction, SF9, Romance. Yeah, yeah, they're really outnumbered. Well, that'll be interesting. Aren't they doing a, a boy version of Produce 101 next year? Yeah, that's right. So we wanted to sort of share some of our favorite songs and albums from the year, and we thought a fun way to do it would be for us to each pick some sort of fake awards to give out. You know, there's a lot of best of lists, and I, I really love those, but we're trying to do something a little different than just best song, best album, that sort of thing. Uh, so we each picked three new award categories that we think should exist, or I guess they now do exist, because this is actually a podcast and we're, <laughs> we can give awards if we want to. So my first category is Best Parody Release. And this was a surprisingly strong year for parody, a lot of them involving JYP for some reason. <laughs> Conan O'Brien had, had a collaboration with JYP that was actually a, yeah. a decent song. I don't know whether the, the Unis really fit as a parody release. I think they were trying to do the best song they could, and it, it actually was a very good song. But they have several comedians on it, so I think any group with comedians should count as a parody. Yeah, I, lo I, I love that song too. That was slamming. It's a good song, yeah. <laughs> also, the title of the group, Unis, man, when I saw that, I just lost my shit. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God, that's a group for me. <laughs> but my pick for best parody release is uh, Siva or C-I-V-A, Why Do You Call Me? I don't know if they even had an official English name for that song, 
But this is a group that was put together on the mockumentary television show, God of Music. The parts of it that involve Siva are some of the best. Siva is a three-member group. The star, I guess, of, of Siva, and I, I think the star of God of Music is Lee Soo Min, who is an actress in her early 30s. She is supposedly a, a failed trainee, which is quite plausible. I'm not sure. Being a mockumentary, the truth and fiction sort of mix, so it's hard to know for sure. But she is the leader of the group. She's the lead vocalist, lead dancer, uh, visual rapper. <laughs> I'm probably leaving a few things out. The other two members of SIVA are trainees or I guess they were contestants on Produce 101 who were fairly popular. They didn't make it into the final 11. And they are now in IBI, which is another group that we didn't mention that debuted this year. Yeah. Why Do You Call Me is a great song. They, had a, they put together a great video. I don't know whether you'd consider this cheating, but it, it's actually a remake of a diva song, which is, I guess you would call a first generation girl group. It's a very good song. The comedy part comes mostly from the rap section, which is performed, of course, by Lisa Min. The idea is they're trying to set themselves up as rivals of IOI, which in real life and within the context of the show, they're not really rivals of IOI. But in the rap, Lisa Min says that IOI is finished. She tells them, go ahead and get married and get up out of our way quickly. Basically goes through and trashes Diva and IOI. But the part that I thought was really clever about it was at the very end, after trashing IOI every way they could think of, she says, I like IOI. And they do a little, they do the pick me dance in the performance, the pointing <laughs> to the sky dance. And I think that really emphasizes, you know, that this is a group that is utterly desperate. They'll pick a fight with a popular girl group. They will lionize a, a girl group, anything to get attention and uh, you know improve their their place in the pecking order so it's a great song it, it's an effective parody the performance is good the music video is good and uh that's my pick for best parody release Yeah, this was not on my radar at all. I, I didn't watch God of Music, so... Well, that's one of the purposes of the show. It should yeah. be on everyone's <laughs> radar. So, Gabrielle, do you want to go next? I guess uh, I might start with a square one um, after Stephen's very fun one. I'm going to go with up-and-coming producer of the year. And, you know, there's always a lot of producers doing a lot of good work. And there's a guy called Bomzu who's actually a performer as well. I think he's got a duet with Key hanging around at the moment from Lovelies. But uh, this guy, for the last couple of years, he's been doing some amazing work. He has co-written and co-produced all of Seventeen's really good songs like Man Say and Nice and a whole bunch more. And he also co-wrote and co-produced Overcome for New East, which is the song that made me stand them this year. He's created this really amazing song for them that is all these dense synths. That is a great song. Yeah, all those things together. And, and of course, you know, this song Overcome was completely different to anything he did for Seventeen, you know. And then he also co-wrote like Drip Drop from Cayman's album, which was like a, that stripped back kind of, gee, I didn't even know what to call it. It's an electronic kind of number and he co-wrote the EXO subunit song Hey Mama. Oh. He's doing some really fascinating fascinating work and um, 
I really think he, uh, unless he, you know, it seems to me from the duet he's doing with Key and I've seen some other stuff he's doing that he's obviously pretty keen to get out there and do some of his own stuff. But yeah, I think that uh, it would be a shame to, to lose his talents behind the scenes. So um, one to keep an eye on. Cool. Yeah, so I, I think I'll do mine in reverse chronological order and start with uh, my award for best song that we've been waiting for over a year for, which is the the new Big Bang single. Aren't you going to let us guess? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Do you want to guess? Uh, so, oh, my God. Is it the new Big Bang song? Yes. So Big Bang started releasing their album Made in, I don't know, March of 2015, uh, <laughs> releasing two tracks per month for a few months. And then uh, it was supposed to culminate in an album called Made, and that did not happen until just a few weeks ago. They finally released the full album of Made, including a grand total of two new songs that we've been (laughs) waiting for over a year for. So the first of those is called Fuck It, I guess, right? I mean, it's it's F-X-X-K. It's called called (laughs) Fuck It, that's right. Yeah, And it's honestly, it's not even that amazing of a song but it's just one of those things where you know we've been waiting for it for so long and finally we can listen to this whole album and it is you know i mean i I think it's very well put together like all of the songs on made they're all very very well produced very sleek very kind of cool sounding none of them are really like standout dance tracks they're all a bit more mid-tempo laid back but they show off uh you know all of their talents vocally and rap wise and of course like the production i think is really pristine on all of them one thing I think is funny on this track is the the first line, which is in English, uh, something like, we don't have to go too fast, uh, which I think is ironic given the context of how long they've been working on these songs. Like the album title, kind yeah. of ironic. Yeah. Almost yeah. made or not yet made. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Finally it's made. It's made, sort of, uh, eventually. <laughs> But yeah, you know, it's it's just good to get more music from them always. You know, I'm never going to complain about new Big Bang music. And uh, uh, this one is pretty good. And what happens once Top goes into the army? Do they do they still keep recording as, you I know? Uh, uh, I mean, it seems like this has got to be it, right? You'd think. Yeah. You well, certainly know. they'll do solo projects, but there's right. been a lot yeah. of talk. I mean about continuing on of course that always seems to be the case but uh, yeah. it seems plausible that that they might continue mm. yeah i mean with all the time that's been between their projects you know i mean top can go into the army for a few years and come out and it's still more or less the same release schedule if they put out something <laughs> after that so you know it's all good yeah. maybe that's that was the idea behind it you yeah. know like get the fans used to the long waits yeah, exactly. So my second category is the best live of the year, which also we could call the best stage of the year. It's one of the fun things about K-pop is we have our own specialized vocabulary. That's how you can tell that it's important, <laughs> uh, I guess. But uh, my pick for best live of the year is Oh My Girl's Sung Hee's performance of Dream Girl 
on the, I guess you could call it a singing contest. Uh, smells like girl spirit. Now, is it, is it smells like girl spirit? That seems wrong. <laughs> that seems wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that the name of the show was Girl Spirit, although I have seen Smells Like Girl Spirit. You know, obviously the reference to the Nirvana song. So Scott, are, are we allowed to use um, food metaphors on the show? Oh, we love food metaphors. We are. Okay. So when you're making a dish, when you're putting together a recipe, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> choosing a bunch of things that taste really good and mixing them all together, you know, that can work, but that's a little dangerous. That's certainly not a guarantee of success. This song, I think, is an example of taking a bunch of great things, putting them all together, and it worked out great. The first ingredient, sorry, uh, the first ingredient that makes this a, a great stage is Sung Hee herself, of course, unbelievably talented singer. The Girl Spirit show, the idea was to take a singer from each of a group of underrated girl groups and have them compete. And CLC was one of the groups, and, and their champion was also named Sung Hee. So they had to give nicknames to each of the Sung Hees to keep them separate. CLC Sung Hee was named Seaweed Sung Hee because of her hair was dyed green and Sung Hee from Oh My Girl was nicknamed the talented Sung Hee <laughs> <laughs> with that brutal honesty you sometimes see in Korea which was accurate but seemed a little a little harsh but so she obviously is a reason that this is a great stage she performed it with most of the members of Oh My Girl who sort of came on and off the stage at the appropriate time it was actually a mashup of Oh My Girl's Windy Day, which is one of the best songs this year. So you had that element in it. Chinese Dream Girl, which is a great song. It just, it, it worked out. This was, I, I never get tired of watching that video. There were a lot of great performances on that show, but yeah, Dream Girl was amazing. But there was so much talent; it was just like there was a ridiculous amount of talent. If you haven't watched it, I recommend that you seek it out. It was really, really, really wonderful. They did some really great things. Yeah, I'll do my serious one before we come to my light one, which is my favorite summer song. Which, uh, of course, the summer in Korea is our winter, but still, another song that I got a lot of mileage out of was um, Heise's and July. Is that how she pronounces it? Is it Heise? Does anyone know? Haze? Heise? Not sure. I think the Korean looks like Haze to me. Yeah. Haze. Okay, let's say Haze. Yeah, she did this um, song with Dean called And July, which she did not promote on the um, stages. So I didn't see it there. I just stumbled over it somewhere. Really lovely, almost like a throwback to like the late 80s in Britain with Brighton's sound, Soul to Soul. It has that stuttering snare with the hi hat on it. Just this lazy kind of feel. Um, she was everywhere this year. Yeah, she got a song out right now, but it's a ballad. I was very disappointed. <laughs> it's a ballad and it's not, and you know, look, I don't hate all ballads, but ballad has to be pretty special to get me on board. I like a slow jam, but um, the ballad she's got out right now is 
very disappointing. But this is wonderful. The whole mini was quite good, but this is really the standout track and really、um, just a lovely. Now it's summer here. I'll probably, you know, get some more mileage out of it. Cool. Yeah. So I'll keep it in a summer vein. I think you were actually saying that this was maybe your. Uh, Runner-up summer song.、Uh, so I'm gonna title it the best all-girl reggae track, Wonder Girls. Why so lonely? Really fantastic release from them. It's sort of a, a follow-up of their reboot era where JYP forced Wonder Girls to learn how to play instruments,、um, and now now they've come back and actually self-composed this track. And it's this really interesting mid-tempo reggae feel. Track with great harmonies, and they, you know, have this kind of fun music video, and they just seem to have such a great time promoting this song too, and performing it, and doing acapella versions on, on social media, and all this sort of stuff, and they just seem to be really into it, which was fun, and it's just a, a really great song that I keep coming back to throughout the whole year. So, actually, I, I might even、yeah. say it's it's my favorite. K-pop song of the whole year. Goodness, that's a big call. I mean, I, reboot was my favorite album of last、right. year easily. So I was really looking forward to the comeback, and、um, it was really funny when they did the comeback and they were playing instruments. I was like, "Oh, I'd really like to see a dance routine." And then after like it, one or two performances, they ditched the instruments and they did a dance routine. And I was like,、yeah. "Oh, I'm so disappointed they're not playing the instruments." Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> there's just something so good about seeing you know women playing instruments because it's really not that common, you know. So I was going to ask. I like this song too, but I was wondering whether. We should take some points off for encouraging the scourge of reggae and, and K-pop. There, there have been some really bad reggae-influenced songs and just straight-up reggae songs. <laughs> all right, so the, the one you've all been waiting for. My last category is most criminally underrated album Ooh, of、yeah. 2016. Yes, it really isn't even close to me. It's、uh, Fiesta's "A Delicate Sense." Ooh,、uh, Fiesta, the perennially underrated group. It only makes sense that they would have the underrated album of the year. I, I started paying close attention to Fiesta because one of their former members, Cheska, is from the Southern United States. She grew up mostly in Alabama, but also Tennessee and Georgia. It always struck me that Fiesta seems to have all the ingredients to be a very successful girl group, and they get plenty of support from Loan, and they have some good songs, and they just never they just never make it. They've tried a whole bunch of different concepts and. Maybe that hurts them as much as it helps them. A delicate sense is kind of a, a sultry, more adult album. It's got five songs. They're all really good songs. There's not any paint by number filler songs on there. It has more rap than I usually would look for in a girl group album. But luckily, they have、uh, Yezzy is their rapper, and with this style of song, she's actually pretty good at doing dark or seductive, maybe kind of menacing. Rap. She does that really well, so it fits in well with the songs. And I just thought this was a great album. Yeah, I really liked it too. I, I can't argue with this at all. I、um, actually bought it from Yes Asia. Yesy was coming off "I'm Pretty Rap Star." That's why there's a lot of rap on it. Hey, Mr. Black, on about the 
My last category is uh, best slushy choreography for the year. Okay. Um, the bo- <laughs> Listening. Oh, the, bo- <laughs> the boys were the boys were really up for it this year. There were some uh, some excellent moves. There are a few candidates in this category. Beatwin put out a great little disco song called Come to Me. Uh, it had this funny little move in it where they <laughs> kind of pulled their pants out where their um where their penises were <laughs> so they could kind of make make extra room for it or something. I don't know, draw attention to it. I'm not really sure. The Newey song Overcome, one of the things in the choreography was that it had this really weird hand movement where they kind of twirled their forefinger around <laughs> against the palm of their hand. I was like, hmm, okay, that's nice. Uh, also spectacular body rolls, I must say, that uh, Minihan really committed to every time with an extra thrust of the hips. So both of those are uh, up for a contention. But the winners are, the winner of this coveted slutty choreography of the year award goes to Up Tension with their song Attention, also a very good song and in fact the only good song they've given so far unfortunately. There was a great bit in this when the leader of the group Jihu pushed one of the other members down, I don't know his name unfortunately, would push him down onto the ground as if he was going in for a kiss. and then grab him by the back of the head and <laughs> push him away as if to say, no, I'm done with you now. I mean, the homoeroticism in K-pop, even though I've been into it for a few years now, really um, still surprises me. But I have to say the commitment in that was really top-notch. And just that they, they are such a good team when it comes to dancing. They, I think there's, well, there's 10 of them, as the name suggests. Up Tension is written up numeral 10, T-I-O-N, another shocker. <laughs> And um, but yeah, the, can- the choreography was just full of cannons that they just executed perfectly every time, and a really, really good dance team. Keep up the commitment. I'd like to see more of it. Yeah, as long as they keep doing slutty choreography. <laughs> well, you know, I think they've excelled in this field once. I don't need. To- they don't need to keep doing that. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> they can branch out from here on. Well, I think you deserve a lot of credit for selecting a group of nominees with such distinct versions of slutty choreography you know i mean it's there's plenty of crotch grabbing and thrusting and that sort of thing but uh, you know that wasn't sufficient to uh, to make it to the top three this year <laughs> that's right yes i'm looking for a range <laughs> well i was going to do a similar you know sexy music video thing and of course i was going to talk about stellar because that's what they do best but i i've actually decided to go a different route with my last category and just give a best group of the year or you know it's it's very Ooh. biased so i'll just say favorite controversial group of the year. yes yeah this is is it's one that very few people will agree with but i'm gonna give mamamoo a shout out because i because i guess i don't do that enough so mama you cannot Moo, see me right now scott but my jaw is like on the floor whoa yeah well okay <laughs> let me let me try to explain um, obviously, I'm I'm very biased. I love Mamamoo, and I I just think that this has been a really great year for them. They had their their first full length album, Melting, come out, which I think is really great, and had a few really great singles, and then you know a follow up mini album. And also, I saw them this year, which is you know it's a personal thing, but it it just sort of 
helped enhance the year of Mamamoo for me. And I, you know, got a Hwasa pin and a t-shirt <laughs> and I just, you know, was able to sort of indulge in my Mamamoo biases. Um, so so to, to me, thinking back about this year, they're a group that really stands out to me, even though maybe in the grand scheme of things, people would argue for other groups like BTS or, I don't know, uh, anyone else. But... <laughs> Literally anyone else. Literally, literally anyone else, yeah. But for me, Mamamoo has had, has had a great year, and uh, I, I wanted to give them a shout-out. Was Aya this year, or was it last year? It was last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was I when really like that of, song. Yeah. yeah, that song's great, and that's when they really started to kind of break out. Um, and then yeah. this year was, like, following up with that, but... Well, they are not my group of the year. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who my group of the year would be. That's like, I, that's such a big call. I am interested that you made it and kind of annoyed that you sprung it on us at the last yeah, minute. Sorry. So I can, yeah, I know. I, can, I, didn't I can't come back with my group of the year. <laughs> well, maybe I could say my, uh, my agency of the year. I think as I look at my, my top song and, and albums list, SM is there were just a ton of individual and group albums and songs that were great this year. But aren't they always good? They're always yeah. good for yeah, me. SM are always, I mean, I would say that it's between SM and JYP because the last couple of years, JYP has just really had a blinder. And, you know, given that JYP wrote very, 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 <laughs> they get extra points for that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I might even go for Ladies Code because they put out three good songs. Like they had Ooh. two great singles and then there was a great B-side with the rain called uh, Jane Doe, which I thought was a little bit unfortunate <laughs> given their history. Yeah. But um, it's, it's a beautiful trip-hop song and I'm hoping that they do okay. I think going back to Girl Spirit again, this was the year of Girl Spirit, I will say that. Um, <laughs> going back to Girl Spirit again, I actually thought, I have always thought of Sojong as a really amazing vocalist, but I actually think she did get shown up a little bit on that show because she is a good vocalist with a very unusual husky voice, but as um, one of the judges, whose name I forget, pointed out, she does sing a little slightly off key sometimes. But, you know, she's still a giant, you know, compared to a whole bunch of other people. But, um, yeah, they had three really top-notch songs and done so beautifully after, you know, we were waiting for the comeback after that just horrific accident, which I still can barely think about without, you know, just feeling awful <laughs> you know that was an amazing comeback under their circumstances so yeah you know i have a question for you guys when we were putting together this episode steven you were using the category best solo girls generation <laughs> release as sort of a uh, an example of categories we could come up with and none of us used that but i i do think that's an interesting category do you have a pick yeah. I, well, I do have a pick, and I don't know. The original idea for a category, which was sort of partly a joke, but was the the best uh, individual Girls' Generation member or former Girls' Generation member released this year by a singer other than Taeyeon. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't so think much. it was really a – yeah, I didn't think it was a fair competition. If you include Taeyeon, I mean, it's, Ooh, it's I pretty see. much a category of what is the best Taeyeon song of the year which, by the way, was hands-on me. No, but I'm with Scott. Scott, yeah, I could think I could hear you uh, there saying you disagree. I, you see, I think even if Taeyeon was in it, I might still choose Tiffany. Yeah, I would choose Tiffany. I just want to yeah. dance. 
Yes, what a great song. Yeah. Something like something from the first Madonna album, and how can you go past that? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't expect both of you to be wrong on this one, but I, I mean, just goes to show. <laughs> you just don't know us. <laughs> I, I do really like Hands On Me, though. I, I think that's I a too. great pick from that from that mini album. Yeah. And the title track, Why, is, is really great. Taeyeon, you know, did great work this year, but yeah, I think uh, I Just Want to Dance. Great. So, you know what, guys? I think it's been a, a pretty great year. We started this podcast just a few months ago, uh, so that's been exciting. There's been a lot of great music. It's been kind of a, a you know, a weird year on the whole, but I think we've uh, pointed out some bright spots, musically at least. And I don't know, thank you so much for joining us, Gabrielle. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. So if people wanted to find you or your writing, uh, where could they do that? Oh, well, the best place is the blog, which I will hastily update as soon as this <laughs> phone call, this interview finishes or whatever it is, podcast, that's it. As soon as this podcast finishes, ksr.blogspot.com. Uh, as I am the person who commissions writing in my day job rather than actually doing the writing myself. And um, can, can people find you on Twitter as well? Oh, yes. Gabriel Wilder, Twitter. That's it. That's great. <laughs> Easy enough. Easy enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Scott Interante. That's I-N-T-E-R-R-A-N-T-E. Or you can follow Stephen. Uh, where, where are you? I'm at Tennessee Appeal. Great. And of course, you can follow the show on Facebook or Twitter at Kpop Unmuted. Check us out at kpopunmuted.com. Please subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please uh, leave us a rating and review that helps other people find our show. It's been a great year, and I guess we will talk to everyone in the following year in 2017.